Yeah, what's up, Started Mindset listeners? This is episode 29 of Started Mindset's podcast. Today we got another amazing CEO and founder. Uh, this guy is the founder of Tandem. Tandem. Um, they're out of Y Combinator, summer summer of 2019, I believe. Uh, this is Rajiv Iyengar, a uh, good friend from Faster. So shout out to Aaron and the Faster people. Um, uh, and that's Filipino-Americans in, in science, tech, and engineering and something else. But uh, yeah, Rajiv, happy to you know be in touch and glad to reconnect. Awesome. Yeah. Great to be here, Dan. Um, yeah. How do you want to kick things off? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, um, so a number of ways we could do this, but uh, what we've traditionally done is just tell us a little bit about Tandem and, you know, um, if people don't know what it is, just uh, how do you describe it? Then? Awesome. Yeah. So Tandem is a virtual office for remote teams. It's a desktop app where you can see who's online and you get a sense of what they're working on and you can talk video, screen share, all in one click. Uh, and one of the key defining things is we, we have this rich sense of presence. So you really see uh, who's free, who's busy, who's online, who's offline. And if, if you want to, you can share like what your current work app is. And so whether you're in VS Code or Terminal or Slack or Google Docs, it gives your team a sense of you know, what you're up to now. Uh, and uh, the way we came up with Tandem, we were actually working on a totally different company. and uh, both of my co-founders had kids and started working from home. And so we went from being in person every single day, working together. You know, those those moments of shared inspiration were, were amazing in <laughs> yeah. the early stage team to all of a sudden being remote and feeling the disconnection. And and that was the genesis of the idea. Um, what it's what it's turned into is an app that uh, hundreds of companies all around the world from Fortune 500s to small startups use to talk to their team every day from scheduled meetings to ad hoc conversations to water cooler chat. Uh, it's really lowering the friction dramatically to talk. Yeah, that sounds super amazing. Um, I haven't actually used Tandem, but, you know, just watching the videos and, and just seeing what, you know, it's kind of the talk of the town and like reading on my own. It sounds like a really interesting product. Um, but before Tandem and just wanted to get into it a little bit deeper is uh, was the idea for Tandem before Y Combinator, or was it during Y Combinator? Yeah, it was before Y Combinator. I think we had a, we've been working on this idea of remote connection for a couple months, and we'd done maybe three or four app builds from the, from the ground up, like completely different directions, but all around this idea of trying to help us feel more connected remote. And I think we had a, about a two week old prototype of what was, later became Tandem uh, when we uh, applied to Right, right, right. And I remember you telling me how uh, the idea just came about with uh, your co-founders having children and, and uh, I guess they were busy, right? And like you, you needed some sort of communication tool to, to help things go quicker or is that kind of how that whole thing happened? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think to understand our starting point, we all worked together at past startups and at Yahoo, and, and we were a really close team. And we'd worked on several ideas together, you know, in those early stages, trying to figure out something that, that worked. And so we, we, would, uh, we would work out of each other's houses, and we would uh, yeah. <laughs> lug around a whiteboard setup so we could brainstorm no matter whose house we were at. And, and you know, that, that's really the reason. We were team first. That's the reason we, we started sure. the company. Um, and so when we, you know, Tim and Bernat started working from home, we were still working a fair, a fair bit. Uh, we were on Slack, we were on Zoom, you know, we were doing various experiments with you know, Discord and we were trying to stay connected, 
but we noticed that it was a lot harder. Somebody would have an idea and would not be able to brainstorm hmm. with anybody, uh, or you would not know whether somebody's free. And so you don't want to necessarily bother them. And so there's just a lot of sure. friction to talking. And the result of friction is you, you talk a lot less. And when you talk a lot less, especially yeah, yeah. in this uh, you know, highly collaborative environment, you, you just have less connection. Uh, and, and also, you know, it's harder to get alignment, it's harder to get trust, it's harder to get creativity in a group. And so we felt that really acutely and we started trying to deconstruct it. Uh, we started to ask like, well, why is this? Well, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's just the friction. And so we, we started off with just a walkie-talkie concept, like one click to call. That wasn't enough because you yeah, yeah, yeah. if the other person is free or not. So we started to deconstruct this idea of presence. Like what, what is it about an office? Well, I can look to my <laughs> right and I can see. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I can tell whether you're in focus or you're free. Uh, and so deconstructing that, you know, it took a, a couple iterations, but we arrived at something that was, you know, really the concept focuses around increased presence, reduced That makes a lot of sense. And um, uh, just want to get into that a little bit more deeper. Um, so the product company was a, a crypto company, right? And being an engineer, was it hard to switch from, you know, cryptocurrency into just software, strictly software for enterpriser? direct consumer you know for us uh, so i'm you know I, I do product and my co-founder tim is cto and bernat's a design designer and also does a lot of coding as well um <laughs> we all come from working on consumer okay. productivity apps so aviate was uh uh the the startup that bernat and i were part of and we all worked on it at yahoo uh okay. it was a, a home screen that showed you apps on your android phone it, or going to help keep your app keep your phone organized, show you different apps depending on what time of day it was mm -hmm. or where you're going. Uh, Tim's first startup um, was called Astrid. It was a to-do list app uh, on Android. And, you know, so coming from consumer productivity, when we, when we were working on uh, our, our last kind of cryptocurrency pivot was uh, an exchange for hedge funds to transact really sure. large blocks of currency. Uh, it was something that we kind of researched and stumbled upon and, and in really talking okay. with traders yeah, yeah. and trading desks and doing what we normally do, which is learn about the user, try to figure out their pain points, try to solve them. Uh, and, but that was none of our backgrounds. None of us sure, come from sure, finance. Sure. Uh, and, and so when we, 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 we eventually launched this exchange, it, failed on day one, it was, became very clear that, you know, hey, this wasn't going to reach liquidity. Uh, and when we started working on this, uh, we had started working on this side project of remote connection, when we started working on that full time, you know, it really felt like mm. coming home. You know, this is, this is the kind of thing that we're, we're more used to building. We like to move fast, uh, sure. build a great experience, uh, and, you know, make things that people use. Yeah, long man, that's work. super fascinating. It's one of those good, good, Founders, feel good founder stories, man. So how long, I mean, maybe in your opinion, how long did that take for you to guys, for you guys get to get the MVP stage when it was just like, oh, we have a cool idea. Let's play around. Let's, um, co let's code. Let's, you know, get this in front of like some of our people. Like, how long did that take to, I guess, make an MVP? And I mean, just, uh, yeah, yeah. What was the early creation? Well, first, uh, I don't know if it's viable product, sure. but yeah, our yeah. first like testable product was same day, same day okay. which was uh, we took 
we took, <laughs> we took Discord and we wrote it up in a document and pretended it was a product. And so we had this, we had this document that was, uh, that we shared with a, a few of our friends who were running remote teams. We called the, the product Roundtable. And step one of using Roundtable is install okay. Discord. <laughs> and step two is configure Discord in this way uh, and uh, set these key bindings. This is what you share with your team to help them mm -hmm. use Discord for work. And we started experimenting with that. And we got a couple, we actually got a couple teams to try using Discord for work. And we started learning about you know, what the, the nice aspects were, what the yeah. shortcomings yeah, were. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's really fast. Yeah, I think what we could get into now is, uh, you know, it's, you're part of Y Combinator and Y Combinator is a great, one of the best, like probably the best uh, accelerator for startups. Um, what, what's the energy like in Y Combinator? I know that it's probably different right now because it's we're in the age of a pandemic, but um, when you were there, you know, just can you tell me what it's like being like, uh, I guess, in the room of, with all these, you know, founders and uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty special. You know, I, I love the the theme of your uh, podcast, the startup mindset. Thanks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, I think, you know, when I think about like what we learned at, during our time at Y Combinator, first of all, it was just a really amazing, like, high pressure opportunity to focus on building the product and, and uh, work on it alongside a lot of other entrepreneurs who are uh, maybe earlier than us or later than us and you know, across the spectrum. I think the, the one thing that uh, we took away from it was this idea of speed uh, and what uh -huh. does speed look like? for the different types of startups, for the different phases of a startup, it's never quite the same. It's kind of a complex, slippery idea. You know, for an enterprise startup, speed may look like writing less code and talking to more prospective customers. For a okay. purely consumer startup, speed may look like, hey, build something as quickly as possible, launch it, do it again. Um, right, in the early right. days, you know, for, for us, what speed was really, uh, you know, was about the learning rate. It was about how quickly we could build things, get feedback on them and iterate. And at a lot of key moments during YC, it translated to drastically pushing up our launch schedule, launching sooner. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think that's, that mindset is something that uh, I think I've, I've felt uh, with a lot of YC alums and something that we try to carry to this day. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Do you think that just being in that environment made you work harder or is it is that, I mean, is that what people say? Like it's an incubator with a lot of competitiveness and the need to kind of just one-up each other or, I don't know, like uh, prove yourself or like, you know, make make a name for yourself. Is that kind of what makes a speed happen? Or what do you think, in your opinion, made make speed happen within your startup or the ones that you've um, been close to? You know, I, I don't think from from my perspective i didn't feel the competitiveness i just felt a lot of support okay. you know they were there were even a, yeah, a yeah. few companies that were working in very similar areas and there everybody was still so supportive and friendly and the reason is is pretty simple in those early stages you are 10 times more likely to just fail to find product market fit and, and die and uh your, your startup kind of dies by itself versus a competitor dislodging mm -hmm. you because you know, everybody's trying to figure it out. And so, you know, as we 
as you, as you do that, or at least, I mean, the startup journey is really hard. The, the probability of success is low and, and really the, the benefits of the journey, like learning the relationships that you form, the skills that you get, the way you, you get to grow personally, that is a lot longer term than any one startup. I think that's yeah, what I took yeah. away from it. There was the speed was not so much competitiveness. It was being alongside people who are working really hard, <laughs> who are grinding every day, right. who are exploring every day and trying to learn and re-examine their their previous beliefs. Uh, and that's, that's helping each other. Helpful, yeah. Uh, really. Like I think everybody was I think that's been one of the most remarkable things that we noticed at the beginning of YC and even after YC, that everybody in the network is just mm -hmm. really, really helpful. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so let's let's jump into a little bit about um, how the company is kind of operating, and um, you know, with remote work being like the only option, really, right? Like that's that seems like the bread and butter of tandem. And um, this question is uh, when the when the when COVID nineteen hit a year ago, you know, suddenly every team that could be a remote team became a remote team semi permanently, with us thinking that offices that are no longer like a must and like, you know, you've, we've heard the news with Spotify and Twitter just saying, you know, if, you know, their employees want to be remote, that's, you could do that for as long as you want. Did strategy, you know, shift a little bit because the market was diff, like it, it changed and, and was uh, kind of maybe more ideal if that's not too much to say. You know, when, when COVID hit, we were, we saw this, uh, just incredible surge in demand. You know, there there were there were single days when we doubled in our, in engagement, and uh, you know, I think uh, it was such a crazy time. You know, it was so so mixed. Like on one hand, there's so much, so many terrible things happening in the world, and on the other hand, it's it was, you know, I think we were we were and still are very grateful to be working on something that's very needed right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things that changed. Or, or was modified from a strategy perspective, you know, we, sh we turned our eye up market sooner. We got pulled into larger and larger companies and started to build more features for those companies. Um, but in terms of the overall strategy, the, the change that happened during COVID was an acceleration, but it wasn't a, a, a turning point or a difference compared to what we saw before mm -hmm. COVID. We, you know, we saw teams at, companies that weren't necessarily remote companies using tandem even before COVID. Uh, and, you know, the, the teams at teams at Spotify, for example, and uh, these companies aren't remote, but any team has a high probability of being distributed. There might be somebody in the New York office, somebody in the Stockholm office, uh, people uh, you know, traveling or somebody working from home that day. And so we, we started building tandem with this, Set, early set of users who are hybrid users in mind, and that continued through COVID. It's just become a lot more right, right, right. a lot more intense, a lot more widespread, and definitely a lot more global. That's that's an amazing answer. Um, just to you know, dive a little bit deeper. Do you find that your users are solely engineers or business people, or is it everyone across uh, the board from like marketing teams to? you know, HR teams to, is there like a niche in there? Or is it just everyone who wants to be remote? This is the thing to use um, to be more collaborative. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty inclusive, you know, uh, of course, because we've built this tool with collaboration in mind, the, the types of uh, teams that use it tend to be very collaborative teams. So uh, I'll, I'll take a positive and, and a negative example. So 
product teams, you know, product engineering, design, or design, uh, you know, design shops that are that are working on collaborative design, they tend to take to tandem very well. One yeah. type of team that usually it's it's not as strong a pull at first is support teams or customer success teams where most of their communication is external, not internal. Tandem's focused on internal wow. synchronous communication. Um, sales teams, for example, you know they, they don't talk with each other as much. So if you're spending most of your time on sales calls with external clients, <laughs> yeah. then um, you know the, the, the value of reducing friction isn't as much, although we do see some usage with all of these groups. Wow, yeah, that's fascinating. Uh... Lost my train of thought for a second, but um, yeah, did I ask you this? Um, what's been the user feedback compared, like pre-pandemic uh, versus? I mean, during the pandemic, um, I don't think I asked that, right? No, no, that's a that's a yeah, that's an interesting question. <laughs> I, I think much like our company strategy, maybe it's not surprising, but like what we get and yeah, yeah. get from our users is very close. That, that's what drives our company strategy. Right? We listen to our users, so. When I think about the user feedback before the pandemic and after the pandemic, there have been some minor changes. Like there was definitely a, um, you know, a, a period where people weren't asking for a mobile app as much because everybody's just at home. Uh, so there are some of these minor differences, but in aggregate, there hasn't been a, a difference, a major difference in the feedback pre and post pandemic. Hmm. Uh, it's just been more, more need, more companies, a broader set of companies, a more global set of companies, uh, and just a, a lot more acute need for this type of tool that helps them talk with their team. Yeah, I, I definitely can see that. And um, uh, I think another portion of this, I guess, uh, this, this segment would be, um, I remember last year you were doing a future work talk with uh, the, some people from Zoom and you know Rahul Bora from uh, Superhuman back in uh, when when in person events were happening. And during that event, uh, you had brought up this re piece of research called "Being There Versus Seeing There." And now that you know people have not probably worked with each other in person for give ten months, twelve months. Um, uh, are you also thinking that? Um, uh, I guess this this whole industry of remote work is is I mean here to stay and is it good that it's here to stay and do you think that if I were to rephrase that in your opinion do you think that remote work is um, it, it shouldn't have a negative stigma that it should be positive versus you know what was preconceived? Yeah, it's a complex question because you know remote work means so many things. I think maybe a, a nice broader category of work is distributed work, which you could think of as uh, your, your classic, uh, maybe remote 1.0 where everybody's working from home all over the world versus hybrid teams where, where maybe there's a hub and spoke model or some people are in the office, some people are remote. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's gonna be a lot of variation and there's gonna be certainly less of a stigma to remote work. And I think that's really, really <laughs> positive because for yeah, yeah. a lot of companies, it, just makes sense to be remote uh, for the companies that can afford it. I think there's going to be a strong, there is already, and there will be a strong pullback to the office. Cause uh, you know, offices are great. It's nice to be able to have <laughs> right, lunch right. with your team and uh, you know, have these creative spaces that, that the in-person interaction is, is just really, really, uh, really, really valuable. 
Totally, so totally. I think there's always going to be a pullback to the office, and because of because of that, I think we're we're very likely to end up in a hybrid future, where uh, hybrid before may have meant some people come to the office all the time, some people stay home all the time. But I think hybrid now is going to start to mean, um, you know, take the work from home Wednesday idea and extend it. So that makes people sense, yeah. to the office maybe one, two, maybe three days a week, and that's going to start becoming incredibly normal. And so there's going to be a need for a set of tools that uh, allows you to connect with your team, regardless of if some people are in the office, some people people are at home. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, just to get into the product one more time, um, I've kind of like, I guess, researched on my own and kind of like sort of seen that you guys try to optimize for serendipity and like this could be a watercolor chat. And the fact that uh, because there's no options for an elevator with uh, a random stranger who happens to be your coworker, you know, how do you, I guess, see that in your guys's stuff happening with, um, I mean, maybe even in your own team or just what you've heard or seen from the users? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that serendipity, the, the two minute hallway conversation, yeah, yeah. <laughs> clear chats, all these things happen naturally in an office. And one of the things we found is that by, um, you know, by replicating, by, by reducing the friction to, uh, seeing who's around to going to meetings, going after meetings, you start to recover some of these in a virtual office. What wow. you need is, um, you know, when you think about a hallway conversation, what is a hallway? in a physical office. It's a way to get to a meeting or from a meeting. Mm -hmm. And so similarly, what we see in tandem is like a lot of times you'll have the meeting and then afterwards you'll see somebody free and have a little debrief with, with that person. Yeah. Or maybe you have the meeting and then when the meeting's over, the meeting breaks into multiple other conversations. And we have this feature of crosstalk that allows for multiple conversations yeah. within a room very fluidly, like you're talking around a table. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it, it doesn't look exactly the same as in an office, but the function is very similar, which is, you know, what, how do we recover some of these quick chats that, that used to happen in the office? Right, right. And I think to just piggyback on your answer, um, the, the overall benefit to having that sort of ability to um, have a cool water cooler conversation is, is sort of just the whole concept around being being a more trustworthy uh, employee, I mean, more trustworthy teammate, right? Like that's kind of the, the sense that you got, is that what you guys want to happen out of uh, the, the uh, water cooler and serendipity? Yeah, you know, trust is such a, such an important idea. And, you know, it's so, it, one way of looking at the key factor for a company, for a great company is uh, psychological safety or trust. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Right, and, um, you know, to, to, to really oversimplify things, the, the, the most powerful tool we have to build trust is FaceTime. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah. to get that, you either need to book a lot of meetings, which is really Tiresome. onerous and yeah, it soaks yeah. up a lot of time, or you need to provide, like reduce the friction a ton and provide the opportunity for this, these serendipitous conversations. Um, okay. And, mm -hmm. you know, in large, in, in, a, in any company, trust is speed. So... That that's sort of the 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 change that uh, that we're trying to bring about with Tandem. Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard that before. And, and then um, let's yeah yeah. I mean, I'm just imagining you know if there wasn't trust in in the first place, and then like with having to go remote, you might. I mean, people's minds kind of 
would I mean, I think what I'm trying to say is that trust would just be harder to create in a remote environment. But yeah, I can definitely understand who you guys are optimizing for that. And that's, that's pretty awesome to get into like cool tech and features that you guys offer. Uh, I've seen that on the website, you guys do 40 plus integrations with um, like a Trello or like a, like a Spotify. Can you talk to us a little bit about the cool stuff that you guys have uh, built to complement the, the product there? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a little out of date. I think we have okay. several hundred integrations. No way, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's the, the, the core of the product is simple. And then from there, we, we start to make it more and more powerful. So the core of the product is a list of your teammates and a sense of their presence, like uh-huh. what, what app they're using, whether they're in a meeting or free. Uh, and then uh, the the things that we layer on top of that is once you're, you can talk in one click and then course there's there's video there's screen share screen share is collaborative by default so you can see other people's cursors on your screen uh it it really makes the the collaboration much more fluid and then uh if you're talking on a multiplayer app like say google docs Uh you can get on the same page in one click so i i can see what google doc you're on and if i have permission i can click and join your google doc and so we integrate with uh we integrate with you know, pretty much any uh, work-related app out there and different uh, tandem users are always adding their own custom integrations uh, for, for really two purposes. One is to give their teammates a sense of what mode they're in. Uh, that's the app presence. And then the other is to help their, their teammates kind of get onto the same page. That's the, the click to join function. Um, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. That, that makes a ton of, ton of sense. And uh, yeah, I don't think I know anybody else who does that, so... Kudos to you guys. <laughs> um, uh, what do I got here? Um, uh, I guess these, these next set of questions are just kind of about about you as an entrepreneur. And um, uh, the first one is, you know, I think you previously mentioned that your dad was an entrepreneur in Sand Hill Road and kind of just had a logistics company going up and down there. Did that inspire you to become an entrepreneur? Because, you know, there's a lot of options, right, for somebody who's really talented with uh, software and tech, like, what uh, what made you kind of just uh, choose this for for your next chapter? You know that's hard. That's hard to say. I mean, I I, I studied chemical engineering. I think I I always thought I would start a company, but I thought it would be a biotech company. Wow. But uh, you know, I ended up making a hard turn into project management at a semiconductor company, and then eventually data <laughs> science, and then product, and and you know, especially since I've come out to since I came back to the Bay area, I was around startups working in startups. Um, right, right, right. I don't know. I think at, at the end of the day, I wanted to work with really smart people and, and build things. Yeah. And that eventually, you know, eventually like the best way to do that was, was in a startup. And I think maybe if, if I've benefited from, from, I'm sure I've, I've, uh, you know, gained a lot of things subconsciously from my, uh, from my dad. But I think one thing that I did get was there wasn't really a stigma or a sense of risk right. as much uh, as maybe some of my my uh, friends and you know, colleagues when it came to starting a company. It just always seemed like a, a viable, if not inevitable option. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, really what, what did it was, you know, Tim and Bernat were free and wanted to work on something together. And I thought, Man, this is uh, this is the chance of a lifetime. Like to work with Tim and Bernard, even if the, the <laughs> right, right. fails, which it did and did again and did uh-huh. again, <laughs> it's still going to be an incredible ride, and and it has it has been you know really beyond what I expected. 
that's that's amazing to hear, man. Um, next one is, I guess I may have read somewhere that you're a master prioritizer. Do you mind telling us like how you prioritize and kind of just be on top of things? You know, I don't, I don't know if I can I claim to be the, the yeah, my bad, man. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's, it's always, um, the, the priority of the company is always changing. And I think you, you always have to be asking like, well, what's the most important thing I can do to move the company forward? Uh, and hmm, that yeah. looks so different in different phases. Uh, I think w- one of the kind of tools I like to, uh, think about is, or metaphors I like to think about is taking an elevator. So you mm-hmm. take an elevator all the way from the the lowest level, which might be the details of a feature that you're building or a small problem that you need to solve, all the way up to the highest level, which is, uh, you know, the the product strategy or the overall company strategy, or even you know thinking about the thinking about things from the investor level, even you know, or thinking sure. really long term, like in terms of the category that we're creating. And so being able to take the elevator up and down can help you examine those priorities from different angles. But at the end of the day, there's, there's, there's a, it's a simple but difficult thing. You know, <laughs> what's, the, yeah, right. what's the most important thing to do right now? Yeah, man. And I think also that COVID has just made prioritizing just such a different Rubik's Cube or something with, is it safe to go out? Is it best for me to stay in home the whole day? It's been such a puzzle and hopefully we're going to get out of there soon. Um, yeah. And I love how you brought up the, the fundraising stuff, which I mean, it's a good topic to, to jump on into right now. Um, yeah, I remember that, uh, back in 2019, you, you know, there was this buzz and you remember there was just so, so much, uh, uh, demand and, um, uh, I guess that, 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 um, what do you call that, that, uh, attention from the VC people. Um, uh, so, so, um, I guess it'd be important for me to say that you guys close a seed round with Andreessen Horowitz, Andreessen Horowitz, um, and a lot of other good people there, I'm assuming what, in your opinion, do you think created the, the buzz or like, I mean, just, was it luck? Was it, was it, you guys are kick-ass founders? Like, what do you think? Um, was this, those a secret sauce or something? You know, I, I think there's no substitute for having a product that people want and are, are there's a lot of demand that it's pulling you we had we had a uh we we had hit on a way of describing the product and, and a pretty minimal original version of the product that was useful to teams like a lot of teams and we were seeing pretty steep growth uh and we it was um you know the, the third or fourth launch depending on how you count in a, in a series of launches and the first few didn't really resonate <laughs> but we learned from them and we got better so I, I think at the at the core of it, it was that the promise of Tandem was really resonating. Uh, this this it was as simple as a virtual office where you can see who's around and talk in one click, uh, and that's that's really the heart of it. And and in terms of you know what we did to get there, it was it was you know building, measuring, learning, right. you know that that loop over and over again. And I think there was a lot of luck and timing involved. Uh, we definitely benefited from the the, the um, the pressure of YC Demo Day. Sure. But, um, you know, I, I, I think there, there's a good deal of luck involved as well. And, and I, I feel pretty just grateful for that because uh, I, I think this is a great example of, uh, you know, at the time it was like a two-year overnight success. You wow. Know, fifth pivot, second year working together, we felt like we were making progress the whole time. And then eventually that... 
uh, it felt like uh, the world recognized the progress yeah, yeah, almost yeah, immediately yeah. in a very uh, surprising way. So, you know, I I, I think it's uh, uh, it'll the you know the fundraise allowed us to get some great partners, uh, David Yulevich and Andreessen, and some of our you know personal heroes as as investors. Sure, sure. And it also allowed us to build this amazing team that's that's push the product like beyond uh, what we could do ourselves. So, um, yeah, I just feel really, really grateful for that. Oh, that's, that's really impressive. Um, I don't know if I, sh- uh, I think what, what else I want to say here in, in terms of like the, the fundraising, the VC fundraising, what, what did it feel like to be like outside of their office? I mean, like maybe you're on Sandhill, right. And you're about to, you know, pitch the company to them. Did you, were you nervous? Were you like, um, excited or was it just ready to go? And, we just got it done. I mean, it's kind of maybe like pushing the envelope in terms of questions here, but what uh, you have to say about yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, it, you know, it's especially interesting question because companies raising right okay. now don't yeah, have right. that experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right? You know, they're raising on uh, Zoom, Zoom calls or, uh, and, uh, you know, I think for, for us, we were just, ex- we were so excited and still are so excited about what we're building that the main <laughs> thing I remember is how, sure, there was a lot of pressure with fundraising, right? Like it's a, it's a complex thing. You're making big decisions. You're trying to, to find the right partner. But at the same time, there, I think the best parts of it were finding people who had a similar, similar vision yeah. and sharing that vision with them, like finding people who are excited about your idea or who have interesting, challenging challenges to your idea that by itself is just so energizing and so inspiring uh the the moment you mentioned like standing on santa hill road and you know walking around for me that was maybe a little different because like i grew up a couple blocks from santa hill road uh you know my my dad's done startups where he raised on santa hill road my mom used to work on santa hill road so you know i'd walk in the work Uh, and so in some strange way uh, when I was standing, it's like you've been there before, the offices, maybe. But, it, right, right. It felt, pretty comfortable. it felt weirdly, weirdly comfortable, and uh, you know, I, I I'll, <laughs> I'll take it because uh, everything else about the situation, you know, made me a little nervous. So <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Just one more thing on fundraising. Um, it, it seems like you had a super mega seed round. Did you intend for that to happen, or is that just uh, what made sense to do? And ter- you know, because seed rounds, I guess they. Average like two million back in, I guess the traditional seed round would be a two million safe or something, right? But you did about quadruple that or triple that. Um, was it intended to to raise that amount? And and did you just, um, was that just how the VCs wanted it, or like what do you think? The team, the team, is that what the team wanted to, or you know what I mean? You know, we're we're trying to do something yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty ambitious. Uh, and involves building a ton of technology, and and uh, when we found the right partner, it wasn't. I don't. I don't know that it was you know either us or them, but it was kind of together. We found that we we all on both sides of the table mm-hmm. had the conviction. So um, you know we we went we went for it. Let's see. Uh, before we get into like the last three questions here, we're just going to do like this or that question. So if you ever heard, I'll just say like two words or like two topics, and you just. Don't mind picking a favorite. We can try that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> thanks, man. Uh, the first question is: um, Filipino food or Indian food? Um, if you had to 
pick one for the rest of your life or something. Oh, no, I can't. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> or between my parents. Uh, my bad, man. I'll, 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 let's throw that on. <laughs> I'll go Filipino food. Yeah. <laughs> um, West Coast or the East Coast? Oh, West, West Coast for sure. Although I have tons of great friends on the East Coast. Uh, shout out to the community in Maine, uh, the rock yeah. climbing community in New Hampshire and Boston, but, uh, you know, West Coast for sure. For sure. The next question is, um, let's see, a regular bicycle or a tandem bicycle? Regular bicycle. Tandem bicycles are scary. <laughs> okay, I, I gotta, I gotta keep that in mind. Um, hmm, what's another question here? Working in an office or working remotely? You know, working working in an office. All things being equal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is one of the. Uh, maybe counterintuitive stances that we have, you know, our, our, our team before COVID, we were kind of a hybrid team, uh, but not a hybrid in the conventional sense. We would have a uh, minimum one day work from home and then try For to sure. do at least one day where everybody's in the office. And then every other day was kind of a mix. Uh, and partly it was great uh, you know, user research for us to experience the full range of remote in-person hybrid configurations but also, and, and also from a product inspiration standpoint, like our touch point is always the, the, the best kinds of interactions that can happen in an office. The immediacy, the speed, the, 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 the fact that conversations can have a lot of you know, emotion and you feel connected, right? We wanted to keep right. that bar in our minds and not forget what that's like. Uh, but then the, the last part is we really like each other. We like working with each other. <laughs> and like yeah, yeah. brainstorming and you know having lunch and uh so it there you know, all things being equal at least sometime in the office is something that i i really like yeah man that's super amazing too to hear I, I mean i didn't think you would say uh in an office but yeah yeah that's that's <laughs> that's, that's awesome um here, here we're going into our last we're rounding third with the questions here uh let's see yeah, man. So if you had to, I guess, summarize, um, or I guess just put into words, what, what would you say your startup mindset is? Startup mindset. You know, I think it's, it's focus on learning rate and, uh, and then, you know, focus on, uh, becoming a learning engine with your team. And, and that means so many different things. So it's, it's intentionally vague, uh, but What's the uh, startups are our learning engines. The goal is to learn what unlocks product market fit and then growth and then all the things beyond. And so uh, whether you succeed or fail is sometimes not as important as are you learning? Um, I love it. That's amazing, man. Um, Earl normally asks these things. I, so I, I like kinda, these. Uh, yeah, I guess I <laughs> startup mindset. Yeah. 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 And it's easier to do these questions over Zencaster than Zoom. I, I feel like with Zoom, I have to click pause and a bunch of other stuff, man. So yeah, good thing we're using this uh, software. Uh, my bad. What advice would you give to your 20 year old self? You know, that's, that's interesting. Um, in regards yeah, to like startups and business and things I, like that. Actually, um, I'll often write like emails to myself in the future. Uh, shout out yeah. to uh, a, a really cool website called Dude, Future that's Me, futureme.org. 
Uh, I'm in no way affiliated with it other than a happy customer. Uh, but it lets you write emails. It's really simple. It lets you write emails in the future. One, two, five, 10, 20 years into the future. What? Future um, me. <laughs> but of course you can't write letters into the past. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. I, you know, I think it would be some version of prioritize learning and, and who you want to work with. You know, I think the people... For me in particular, I really learn from people, whether it's you know, my co-founders or mentors or, or people I've worked with um, or just friends. I, I, I learn from people maybe more than most. Um, and so I think I would probably mm -hmm. advise myself to uh, you know, seek out people who constantly challenge and inspire me. That's awesome. Um, one or two more here. Uh, what do you love about entrepreneurship since... Um, I guess a lot of the narrative behind entrepreneurship is just making money. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I get from it in the sense that it's all about this quest for dollars or fame. But um, I think that when it comes to startups and entrepreneurship, there, there's people who are really trying to use entrepreneurship as sort of the vehicle to do what they love and have doing what they love be something that makes a measurable difference in the world. So what, what do you think um, you like about being an entrepreneur? I think it all comes down to, for me, it's uh, imagining the future, building it, changing people's lives for the better. You know, I, I really think wow. that <laughs> if the money were the, the goal, I would have stopped probably a long time ago. It's, uh, like, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not the quickest way to, to get rich or the easiest way. It's, you know, it's hard. There's, there's, there's a roller coaster. You know, we, we almost ran out of money in, before we raised. And, and uh, these, the ups and downs, also just in the really early days, the uncertainty of what even should you be building can be really stressful. Yeah. And if you're, not, if you're uh, you know, if that's not exciting to you, then it's, it's going to be tough. I think for me, the things, the things that um, I really love are, you know, it all comes back to just building something that makes people's lives better. And sure. sometimes the best, you know, the highlight, the highlights of my week are uh, doing user yeah. interviews and hearing how like tandems changed or <laughs> helped them. The second, second place, really close second is doing user interviews and hearing people frustrated. It's something that's broken in tandem realizing oh, wow. like, oh, I'm, I'm updating my model of like, what do we need to, how do we create a great experience? How do we make it feel effortless? How do we make it feel just like the tool is getting out of the way and people are connecting with their team. Uh, and, you know, people telling you your product sucks is really motivating. And, and Dude, know, I, I haven't heard that it. before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, man. I, I mean, I feel like, yeah, it's, that's, that's a unique answer. And, and uh, really, yeah, I'm, seeing, I'm, I'm sure it serves uh, everyone well. Last question I think here is, or second to last, is um, what's the best book that you've read uh, in, in your recent memory or what's your favorite book in general? Ooh, I mean, I've got a lot, of, a lot of favorite books, but the best book I've read recently, this is going to sound super stuffy and boring, <laughs> but it's okay. okay. really good. Uh, the best book I've read recently was John Doerr's Measure What Matters. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, uh, it's an loosely speaking, an exploration of the OKR process that Andy Grove popularized. 
uh, and how to set goals. And it was, it was, just, it was really interesting because like goal setting done poorly is really a drag, like kind of detrimental to morale, and, <laughs> you know, motivation and creativity and everything, but goal setting done really well, uh, you know, we're creating the rules of the game that we're playing and it really helps, helped us, uh, you know, get, get the team on the same page and, and think about how to move forward. Uh, so yeah, measure what matters. For sure, yeah, and you know, this has been a great conversation. Last part is, um, how do people find out about Tandem or you know try it out? Yeah, you can uh, you can download it, try it out with your team at uh, tandem.chat, uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at tandem underscore hq. Sweet man, yeah, this has been an amazing interview, and uh, enjoyed having the conversation. So thanks for making the yeah, time. Yeah, love love the questions. I, I really liked your the yeah. Yeah. The, the yeah. podcast. <laughs> Uh, thanks for thanks so much for having me on. That does it for another episode of Sir Mindset's podcast. I hope you enjoyed, uh, learned a thing or two, and uh, yeah, we're getting closer to writing this book. So um, when the time comes, please help us out with the purchase. Would love to autograph a book for you. This is Dan signing off. Hasta luego.